0: We're to to just podcast. I'm here by main man, Patty a skull. Patty! Yeah! Yeehaw! Right? Maybe I'll start doing that and we'll bring on some more Southern folk. Y'all want to hear us talk about it? Like, just y'all is my thing. I still use it. Doesn't matter. So, um I don't want to get right into the fights so quickly like we do, because that's our thing. But we will talk UFC. And I got to talk about this. uh Brandon Moreno... Versus Alexander Pantoja flyweight title fight. Very excited about that. This is just upcoming stuff. And I want to mention it because it is exciting because you and I have talked about it a hundred times about these repeat fights. We're going to keep doing it. We're going to keep running it back. I'm wondering is is, is, is there more of a possibility that this is going to start happening where the UFC starts taking more of a fan, you know, idea of a fight of what they think the fans would like to see? Of course, it matters a lot, what we want and the rankings are up there and that makes a difference as well. But fights like this are, to me, more interesting than uh, a Figueroa versus Moreno 5 or a Chuck del Tito T 7. You know what I mean? These things have already been played out so many times where you're like, how much are each fighter improving every time? Because if they're not, you're going to see the same fight. Kamaru Usman, Leon Edwards. Right? Yeah, Essentially, and- same exact fight. It was a different finish, but ultimately still the same finish. The guy walks out with the belt. And that's what they all want. But... There's some other news that I had seen, but I I, I don't know I lost the article.
1: Oh, I'll, I'll bring you some news in a second. But well, this fight you're off. talking about is actually a repeat fight. I'm pretty sure itself, right, yeah. but it was years ago, so it's a a major difference. It's not something that's um you know just happened. We're watching it like three four times in a row. So yeah, this this is a good storyline to me. Um, this fight here because it was in 2018, and uh, Pantoja won. So this is a this is a interesting. I've been kind of waiting for this storyline to play out. I, I figured it would, uh, play out a while back, but we're we're just getting to it. And uh, but anyway, I, I'm surprised you didn't bring this up. Uh, and I wrote it down some fucking where. But Jake Paul versus, uh, Nate Diaz, in a boxing match. No surprise. Everyone knew uh, it was gonna end up happening. August fifth in Dallas. And Diaz is say after he puts away Paul, he's going to go back to the UFC.
0: Well, you know how we feel about Jake Paul. The thing that I know that's not going to happen is Jake Paul is not going to knock out Nate Diaz. That's the only thing we know. The only other thing that we know is Nate Diaz isn't going to knock out Jake Paul. <laughs> that's just not going to happen, and we know that because why?
1: And that's if he does knock out something. Jake Paul, he'll hold them up till the fight's over. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, he's going to,
0: I think, what the best option here for somebody that's in his position, Nate Diaz, he's going to collect a bag, of course. But I think it's the endurance. He just has to outlast him. He has to take the shots that he's going to throw at him and he has to try to stay in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jake Paul is not Floyd Mayweather, right? We can remember that. And Nate Diaz is a hell of a boxer. Hell of a boxer. I mean this dude takes them as well as he gives them. The only problem is, is he can't put people away. Jake Paul does have that power. But Nate Diaz can't get put away. So it's gonna be one of these MMA versus boxing type of things. It's 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 beyond Jake Paul and Nate Diaz. You know, this is uh if Jake Paul goes in there and sleeps this dude, all these fucking, you know, coattail riders are gonna be really upset at the fact that Nate Diaz isn't the fighter they thought he was. You know what I mean? Just because you can last – just because you can get your ass kicked for a long time doesn't make you a good fighter. You might be tough, but you're not a good fighter. You know what I mean? I forget the comedian that has the joke. I think it's Chad Daniels, and he's like – he saw his son doing push-ups. He's like, I just did 50 push-ups in a row. He's like, why would you do that? And he's like, well, just in case I get in a fight. He's like, if you have to push yourself (laughs) up off the ground 50 times during a fight – you're not a good fighter, you know what I mean? And that's exactly what this sort of scenario is going to be. But I think there's a major height difference too. Isn't Jake Paul like 5'7", five, 5'8"? Five, Nate Diaz is right around 6 foot. The length is going to be a difference. And like I said, the cardio. I don't think Jake outside of what? Tommy Fury has fought somebody that actually has boxing cardio. Like somebody who could do 12 rounds if necessary.
1: Uh, yeah, Jake Paul six one. Okay, so he's uh,
0: bigger, actually. Cause I know Nate's like 5'11", foot. so that's, that's relatively close. But I think all that muscle that Jake's walking around with is going to play a major factor in how Nate Diaz could get an advantage, at least on the scorecards. You know what I mean? Outpoint him. Because I don't see anybody getting knocked out. But imagine Nate Diaz knocking this dude out. What? Dude. He would be a dumbass and point at him, though. <laughs> he and not finish... Get him a standing eight count, but I guess uh, Michael Chandler has also said some things to uh, Conor McGregor, threatening to end his career. (laughs) You gotta like that. It's you know,
1: Chandler's grown on you a little bit.
0: He 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 is, but I also feel like these things should have been happening as soon as that fight was signed on the dotted line. You got to be after the man, and you got to be clever. You have to be one step ahead of Conor if you're going to matter at all. If the things you say are going to matter at all. Jeremy Stevens, even back in that moment where he said, who the fuck is this guy? Jeremy Stevens was one of the hardest hitting 145ers in the UFC. One of the hardest hitting fighters of all UFC fighters, right? The kid could take a punch. He could fucking beat you the hell up as well. And McGregor made him irrelevant. Chandler could be in that position. Most people if he...
1: don't even know who Jeremy Stevens is anymore.
0: I think that's what they know him as the, who the fuck is this guy That's who he is now that he's that guy. But my point is, is this guy, Michael Chandler, if if he wants to play that game where he's trying to get in Connor's head and Connor wants to continue to play that game of getting in Michael's head, they got it. They got to start this months ago. And then he got, they got to focus on each other because of course, McGregor is going to keep talking shit to Khabib. He's going to keep talking shit to Nate Diaz, you know, uh, Dustin Poirier. There's all these rivalries, right? But, the storyline to MMA fans is not nearly as important as it is for, like, wrestling fans, right? It's fun. It's better. We, we enjoy it. But it's not necessary, right? Like, we could see Fahara fight anybody else that isn't Izzy. And it'd be, and it's a fun fight, right? He doesn't have to say shit. The dude's like a universal soldier. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just program fucking strikes through a Bluetooth headphone in his ear. You know what I mean? Left hand, right hand, uppercut, whatever. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, that didn't pay off this time, but it does seem like there is this sports entertainment thing that that is becoming a, a, a major part of the UFC and people are going to enjoy it and perhaps it is going to draw some of those WWE fans that have been reluctant to, to watch the sport and vice versa. You know, people that really enjoy the the crazy storylines that they do have in real time in the UFC will like the pre-planned storylines that they have in the WWE and all that stuff too. I'm not both of them are good. Every how do you think I got to watching MMA? By watching the WWE, man. You know what I mean? We all came here from that thing and it just became our thing. You know how many people stopped watching football, basketball, and baseball because of the UFC? So many. Because there's no other sport that is they can change on a dime and and another person wins right another team wins if you want to put it in the nba terms right it just doesn't happen you get four quarters but anyways I like it. i am looking forward to some of these future fights and this card was crazy dude this was a fun card i think
1: yeah the card that just happened uh dude i'm gonna start from the beginning uh sam hughes came in and was just uh aggressive a lot more aggressive than i've seen the lady she was fighting she was trying to do some ryan hall type shit just laying on the ground god i hate that kick the person out of the cage if you're just gonna lay on the ground every opportunity you get and lay there with your hands behind your head get the fuck out get up get out go back to the locker room
0: yeah i would doctor pay five hundred dollars every time you fucking lay and pray
1: <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous uh, Stephen garcia
0: Hey, wait, hold on. Let oh, me good, get some good, Sam good. Hughes in there. I got to give some love because good. we did, you and me have watched Sam Hughes for a while. We've seen a lot of these matchups that she's had. We've seen her on fire and we've seen her, up and
1: down.
0: you know, not do great. And this was one of those moments where you're like, oh, fuck, man. It's, she's out. She's done. She's got her. She doesn't got her. Oh, shit. She doesn't got her. And then Sam comes, turns it around and fucking ends up, bro. You got to give credit where credit's due in the female divisions. Yeah. When that shit happens, that's a tenacity, that's a toughness that you're not going to see. But Sam has to do that every time. I'm not talking about put yourself in a bad position and then fix it. I'm saying start, start in that having that yeah. mentality when you walk out. You, you know what I mean? You make
1: a great point that I skipped right over. Is this chick uh, Jacqueline? Uh, she should have choked out Sam Hughes in the first round. Ooh. Fight should have been over with, but.
0: Absolutely. Sam fought back. That's the crazy dude. And it was so locked in. She just somehow turned her head enough and was able to slide out that you're like, I'm impressed. I'm impressed.
1: I thought it was done. impressed,
0: dude. Oh, Steven Garcia.
1: And then after that is when she just kept laying on the ground, trying to bait her in.
0: Absolutely. But what do you think about Steve Garcia pulling out the knockout, dude?
1: (laughs) He got dropped with the big right hand in the first round. Dude was kind of all over him. And, uh, Yeah, you know, when he dropped Garcia and he jumped on him, he was hitting him, but I'm like, dude, let him up. Let him up, man. Let him up. But, uh, yeah, then Garcia uh, with a few shots in the round, and then the second round, Garcia come out and just fucking destroyed. Destroyed, dude.
0: Yeah, Yeah, it was was a very veteran move of the young Steve Garcia, something that you don't see in these younger guys in their careers where they're able to – I don't know, man. I don't want to say that they, they're so quick to give up these days, but it definitely does. It does feel like when they know that they're fighting defensive, they they only stay defensive. Whereas we come from an era where, you know, Chuck Liddell's got you up against the fence and somehow Chuck Liddell gets put to sleep. You know what I mean? Rashad Evans was still firing back in those moments. Rich Franklin still tried to fire back against Anderson Silva. That's how he caught the knees. You see what I'm saying? There's yeah. there's eras of this, this fight game where you see, A brightness in in a certain fighter today that reminds you of fighters back then. And that's what I think Steve Garcia showed. He was like, fucking what happened? Survived? And then he said, no, not again. Not again. Put him out. Beautiful work.
1: Now, this next fight, I I hope you don't have much to say uh, good about this fight. Because I I, I watched it. I put it on late. And then I I fell fuck. I fell asleep. Then I replayed it, and I fell asleep. And I fell asleep like three times where I was just like, all right, enough. This is a boring-ass fight. I, couldn't, I could not stay awake for this damn fight, dude.
0: Yeah, I don't know what it was. I don't know if uh, Ignacio saw something out of Trey that nobody else did because he was very timid. It was a lot of distance fighting. And when they did engage, it was one, maybe two shots at a time.
1: They Yeah, they, they stayed away from each other and then uh Ignacio would come in hit him with some body kicks jabs back back up yeah and then you know what I'm, I'm sounds like I didn't miss anything I might I might have actually watched it all and just thought I fell asleep too. <laughs> if that's all that happened yeah just those
0: first three minutes put it on a loop for 15 <laughs>
1: yeah
0: okay right uh let's that's, see we got what Cynthia- a segue C- what a
1: segue into loopy
0: yeah you know uh <clears throat> speaking of decisions we got Lupita Godinez versus Cynthia Calvillo not much to say about this fight. We expected a decision. Um, loopy pulled it off again. This is the problem with the female division is when you have those decision wins so consecutively. it doesn't there's no argument to make you a title challenger. It's like win, 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 win all day long. but do it to the point where people remember who you are, right? At this point, some of these females are going to have to start getting Charles Johnson haircuts to fucking be memorable because they're not doing anything in the octagon. You know what I mean? Beth Rawlings was remem- memorable because why? Or Beck Rawlings was memorable because why? She looked strange. She wasn't the best <laughs> yeah. fighter by any means. But you remember her, right? Yeah. So here we're on right. this position. I don't know. Loopy. where do we go from here?
1: That's a hell of a question. And I, I don't know what happened to Calvillo, uh, Cal, uh, Cynthia. She, she just got cut. That's her fifth straight loss. She's finally cut, but dude, she, if you go look at her record, you know, she, she came in, um, in different organizations with the win over Jillian Robertson, went over Montana De La Rosa, Pearl Gonzalez. And when she went to UFC, she come in just winning, winning, winning. She did lose to Carla Esperosa and then won her next two, Courtney Casey beat Jessica I at that point. She's nine one and one and then bam, five straight losses. It's wild. It's really wild. And, yeah, she she just got cut. Look at this.
0: I'm looking at the stats here from this fight. And as far as the stats are concerned, out of knockdowns, total strikes, significant strikes, takedown percentage, and uh, submission attempts, Calvillo leads in all of them. Wow. Okay? Here's the thing, though. Out of total strikes, Calvillo was 107 out of 338. (laughs) She threw 338 total strikes, dude. Lupita... Godinez, 188, but she landed 93. So that's a way better percentage. Am I wrong? it's
1: yeah, 49.5 to uh, 31.7. You know, one judge did give this to, to Calvia.
0: Okay, that's expected. It should be expected because mm-hmm. then significant strikes. It was 104 of 333. Dude, she threw 333 yeah, significant strikes. Right. Only five out of her total strikes were not significant. What wow. the fuck? And she landed 104.
1: Th- These th- numbers... The judges have I been wild, man. Don't leave it to the judges, because just like God. our show says, there were 29-28 on each fighter, and then one guy, 30-27 for Loopy. I
0: don't know, man. It's tough. It's a tough job.
1: I don't get that at all. And, dude, the next fight, Joe Pfeiffer, this guy, he's got so much potential. Uh, he just let the hands fly.
0: Yeah, he's great. I don't know what else to say. Mirashart's a tough guy. You know, sort of at the top of the division as far as like gatekeeping is concerned, and uh, Pfeiffer just put him away. The only other person that's done that is Mir- uh, Camzat. So, what do we do now? We get a Camzat versus Pfeiffer? I'm just saying, Sean.
1: Oh, wow, that would be all right. I'd like to see that. All right. Michelle Waterson. This is the usual fight of hers. Comes in, doing all these wild kicks. We talked about this. Yeah, you got it perfect. It's like she could be in a karate movie or something. She's yep. throwing all She's these perfect. karate kicks, yeah. spins. She just has no power behind them. But split decision loss, Uh, another split decision. It seems like a lot of split decisions between the last, like, three cards. But, yeah, it, it, she should have lost anyway. shouldn't even have been a split decision. The, uh, you know, she did a good job of staying. The, the other chick, uh, the Pinhero, stayed out of her range a lot. She's throwing those karate kicks. She just backs up a step or two. It doesn't take much. And then she would come back, and I, I will say she got hit in the face with a pretty nice uh, push kick at one point during the fight. But other than that...
0: Yeah, it wasn't uh, very exciting. It was exactly yeah. a display of, hey, I can <laughs> teach actors you know, proper <laughs> technique. That's what it looked like. It I did write next-
1: this down. The first round... When it was 10 seconds to go, the pin here later just started swinging like crazy, landed all kinds of strikes. I'm like, shit, I know the next round she's going to pick this up because she could end up putting it away, but nope, didn't do it.
0: I don't know why that's a thing. That's a more common thing that I see in yeah. female than most fights where you're like, your fight IQ is, is shit because he's hurt. She's hurt, right? Like, that... Eh. I don't know. That's I guess that's why the the male lion does all the hunting.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh man. Uh Kevin Gastelum, Chris Curtis. This was a really good fight. And you know, this fight uh Gastelum sticking moving. I talked about that before in the last episode, but that's how Jack Hermanson uh beat Chris Curtis. And he was staying out of Curtis's range, but then Curtis would come in and get a couple punches. It it was it was actually I thought it was a very competitive fight, and then uh, they had a clash of heads, and Curtis like went down for a little bit. Gashlim was all over him, and uh, Gaslam wins by decision. Now I don't know if you heard this, Chris Curtis is now protesting that loss because he said that clash of heads was a visual impairment. It was like visually impaired. Basically, the judges they thought he was hit by strikes that caused that.
0: You know what gets you ahead in most anything in life? Not complaining. <laughs> I'm serious. In this in this instance here, he put on a performance that was worthy of pushing him up, keeping him up in the top contender area, top 10, top 15 against the guy who went head to head against the the champion, right? And he did his fucking thing. The only problem that I have with this this Curtis situation is He started too slow. And when you're fighting a guy like Gastelum, who's got a fucking gas tank that's unbelievable. I mean, the guy is on the ball of his feet the entire fight. Some of the crispest fucking striking, too, I've ever seen out of anybody in this division. With that in mind, and me knowing that, and I'm not fighting the guy... Chris knows that as well, but he didn't he didn't think I need to go in and be aggressive for at least the first 90 seconds. Let's see what I can put on this man. See what he can take. See what he can handle. Okay, get him backpedaling. Instead, he said, well, fucking go toe to toe, man. You look me in my eyes. I look you in yours. You're like, fucking what?
1: He's always like uh, just a um, uh, counter striker. They say him and Strickland spar together, but damn, I think they would just stare at each other until someone throws a punch. Yeah,
0: yeah, a lot of circling.
1: They, they get the same uh counter-striking ways about them.
0: If I was coaching both Strickland or Curtis, I would be saying, you guys need to start aggressive. Start aggressive while you're not sweating. You know what I'm saying? Because even the takedown opportunities that somebody throws at you are going to be a little bit easier to stop because, and not sweaty. I mean, do I have to start coaching, Sam? What are we yeah, doing? That's the team, so. dude. I think so. (laughs) Get some young – we'll get a camp going off this podcast. The whole camp's called Don't Leave (laughs) (laughs) the Judges. Okay, guys, I don't care if we go to the – you can't make it to the judges. You need to break something.
1: More people will be going to this camp than listening to the –
0: Yeah, fuck it. We'll quit the show completely if we start a camp.
1: (laughs) Oh, man, Christian Rodriguez. All right, so they tried to get Raul Roses Jr., uh, an opponent that he could fucking beat, and it backfired on him. Hey, Uh, stop.
0: First thing I want to say before you continue with any more details on this fight is remember the little video montages before they started fighting? They were talking about this kid being
1: Jesus, dude. (laughs) This kid being Jesus.
0: (laughs) Yes, dude. Uh, His mom. Something about when he was born. They did this whole thing about him being uh, the second coming of Christ, and he's blessed and all this different shit, and then he loses,
1: dude. Then he loses.
0: That is my favorite thing in the world. Did, that is did, fucking comedy.
1: Did they have any explanation why he's so ugly? He's so blessed.
0: I, uh, <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Genetics, dude. Because he's got brothers and sisters, and you're like, they don't look like him at all. You know, maybe he really did start fighting at a very young age, and things just got misshapen. <laughs> it's like when you drop a pear over and over; <laughs> it's a different fruit in the end. But yeah, he lost, so we can forget about this fucking eighteen-year-old half-ass yeah. phenom it was not a thing it'll never be a thing in the sport this is the wrong sport for you to think that that's going to happen kid it's, sage it's not
1: all over again except for sage north had the looks
0: sage Northcutt. it's chase hooper it's Raul. Ro- this every single one of these guys that have attempted this have one the one skill i can wrestle good and then you're like but then i'm twice your size have you heard of man strength because use a bullet. <laughs> You're walking in here to man strength of a guy who's got 19 fucking professional fights, 35 fights as an amateur. You're gonna beat him because you're 18. I don't know what the what the thing is. What's the superpower, guy? Experience? Nope, it's not experience. Card? No, it can't be cardio. I- oh, what? Because you got last? You're too small. You're, you're gonna be too small. You don't have. You barely have fucking adult teeth in your head.
1: Oh, so I wow. keep. But I mean, I know that backfired UFC's plans, man. Because you, they were just all over this kid. They just, they, they see eighteen-year-old, they're like a, uh, a Catholic priest or something. If I Actually, that's a little too old for that. I don't
0: know. I would promote a fifty-year-old fucking phenom before an eighteen-year-old. That makes more sense. You know what I mean? Houston Alexander, make another run, my guy. Throw Keith Jardine back in the mix. What are we doing? You know Look what I mean? What get a 50-year-old in there, and we'll, we'll fucking praise that. 18 doesn't make any sense. This isn't a sport where that makes sense. An 18-year-old fucking basketball star, fine. NFL, fine. Hockey, fine. Fighting? Fighting, though? You know what I mean? Are you Bruce Lee?
1: How much younger can we get?
0: They're going to keep trying. I <laughs> yeah. promise you. Dana White, whenever Dana White's got a kid, or whenever these fucking guys that are at the top, huh. you know what I mean? It's going to be so-and-so's kid, Randy Couture's son. No, that <laughs> guy stinks. who else
1: that would be cool man bringing uh chuck liddell's son got the same haircut and shit i'd fucking watch that should he get beat up or not see chuck liddell in his corner
0: i mean i watched john Gotti jr fight john Gotti jr jr (laughs) he was in bellator and you're like that's fucking cool as shit because you just know you know what i mean there was a guy uh what was his name michael michael something westbrook he was a defensive he was a corner
1: football player yes For the Redskins. Okay, the, the, he was nasty Washington. as
0: shit too, for the Chiefs, right?
1: Uh, well, I know he was with the come the Redskins. Fuck it, I'm, I'm gonna say the politically incorrect. That's okay. what they were when he played for him.
0: For he was while. on bully beatdown with uh, fucking Mayhem Miller, right? Oh, okay. I saw this guy and I'm like, that's the smartest thing ever for a football. For a football player that plays that position sp- specifically to transition in MMA, oh, let's go, dude. Those are the guys you root for. They're bringing in these fucking three hundred and sixty pound fucking <laughs> defensive ends, and it's like I mean, Shogun uh,
1: brought in Oh, not Shogun. Um, uh, shit, uh, Strike Strike Force. They brought in Herschel Walker. But he was already oh, like 45 or something. It was, it was too late. He was actually
0: winning. You're yeah, like,
1: yeah, going up against some nobodies.
0: Where's Bo Jackson? What's he doing right now?
1: Oh, man. doing right now, dude. I, bet he, will,
0: I bet he can win one.
1: Bo, knows he MMA.
0: Got... <laughs> Bo Jackson got one in him, dude. I promise. I Let's hit him. Up. Who's not
1: going to pay to watch OJ Simpson fight?
0: Oh, my God. I was going <laughs> to say the exact same thing, dude. Thank you, Sam. We know each other so well at this oh, yeah. point. We are going OJ for sure. Tom Brady. What are we doing? I mean, but OJ is the best. You want to see how violent this man can get. You
1: want to see the, you Tom Brady see the, be great against Jake Paul. Was, you want to see both of them get beat up. <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, like, that's like a billion dollar idea, right? That fight.
0: Look, cut all of this. We got to start our camp. Go ahead. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, man. So Kevin Holland, uh, no worries with Santiago Pinzanabio.
0: No worries.
1: I don't know, man. I didn't fucking see it. I'm sorry. You're good. You're good. I'm it wasn't, faking it. it wasn't. I'm fucking faking it, dude.
0: That's fine. But no worries was just why I had to call it because I'm like.
1: Oh, what happened? It, Tell me.
0: If it wasn't because t- Kevin started talking to everybody after the first round. He's it, like talking to the norm. commentators, talk, doing his shit. He barely said anything during the actual fight. <laughs> and that, I guess, hyped him up. Because huh. Monsunibia was doing fine. It okay. was a good matchup. Uh, there was a lot of backpedaling from Kevin. He was moving backwards, couldn't figure out the timing because he was a smaller guy. Mm-hmm. Ponsonibos was a little guy. But by the second round, he was like, blah, 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 to Joe Rogan and shit. And then he comes in and fucking puts boy to sleep.
1: Wow. You're like, I'm surprised he wasn't talking during the damn fight.
0: Bro, if I remember correctly, he hit him like three times going down. <laughs> clean hooks, clean hooks. Kevin Holland's back on his he's, shit, man. I like that. He's
1: a great boxer. His boxing has always been on point. For his, the most part.
0: his footwork, his footwork is the problem. I'm starting of wonder if he was he like intimidated
1: head. by uh, Wonder Boy or something. He just had, he had Wonder Boy big shots. He just didn't put him away. It was like he got he frustrated. Also called out Jorge
0: that. at the end of the match. He called out Masvidal. <laughs> he made sure. He even brought the mic back and was like, "Guys, there's this fucker named George." And George, see ya. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm out.
0: So. What do we got here? Rob Font, Adrian Yanez. You know, man, Adrian had a lot of hype behind him, but Rob Font's one of those guys that he will just come through. He's a Calvin Cater camp guy. You know, these guys are tenacious. They have a will to win, and uh, Rob Font found it. You know, it's well-deserved, but he was fighting a tough opponent, and that's the same thing with Adrian. He It was unexpected, I think, for both of them to realize how tough they both are. Top of the division, top of the heap, these guys bantamweight Division's he, on fire,
1: dude. He took away all the momentum that Yunes had. Y- Yunes come in here with a lot of hype, a lot of momentum, and was thinking he was gonna roll through font and then end up with getting a title shot shot, but
0: Yeah, I think everybody that's fought Rob Font feels that way though.
1: <laughs> general like
0: uh It should be fine. You know what I mean? And then they've realized oh fucking this guy hits so goddamn hard. <laughs> He really does. For a little fella, he just really – same thing with uh, Kelvin Cater, you know. That guy fucking throws hammers as well, and he takes them. That's the thing that a lot of people forget these days is you got to have a chin too. you got have the best fucking hands in the game. If you ain't got a chin, that shit don't matter.
1: That bantamweight division, I mean, it used to be a lot of those, those small guys come in rolling around on the mat and shit. And now it's a lot of people getting put away. Or... <clears throat> that is a tough-ass division.
0: Absolutely. I think Cody Garbrandt was, for me, the start of that. TJ, Dillard, TJ uh, started you know, kind of running afterwards, knocking boys out left and right. You're like, fucking okay. These dudes got power. I mean, Max Holloway was the one that was like, oh, God, this guy's going to hit you a million and a half times. It's like getting stung by fucking bees you know, when you walk into the nest. You're like, I can't get away.
1: <laughs> and now there's rumors that TJ Dillashaw is having second thoughts about his retirement. He's too talented to stay retired. But uh, People are saying that he's he's saying.
0: I'm back, dude. I want to see Cejudo again. I think he knocks his block off. Should have happened the first time. I mean, Thanks, doesn't fucking Henry Cejudo like have extra weight on his head? You know, already? Like that's a fucking 15 pounds he's got to cut. All right. Uh, Gilbert Burns, Jorge Masvidal. It, what do you say?
1: Well, if you go back to the last episode, I was telling you how Hor- you know, George <laughs> was saying he was going to If he loses, he's gonna retire, and it's like it was almost like he was already felt that he was, it was a done deal.
0: Yeah, but his excuse was a bunch of horseshit. He's like, ah, the young guys, you know. Well, then why do you keep training?
1: The young guys like Gilbert Burns,
0: bro, and he's also so rich. Thirty-six. He actually made real money off fighting. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? A lot of these guys didn't do that. He's got his own
1: organization and everything.
0: It's very much like um. Donald Cerrone in that aspect where it's like he didn't really become a champion but he's beloved mm-hmm. people will always respect that man so the sad thing is, is you won't get to see the Kevin Holland George fight and it fucks up the storyline with Leon Edwards
1: yeah, but who, it was lackluster these guys you know who knows where, where we see Hori? he could be the next uh, person in line to, to fight Jake Paul he'll fight on the undercard against his brother or something so.
0: I, that, that's very fun I think it is a good idea for guys like George because they have such a good mind when it comes to fighting and they beat such elite dudes when they definitely shouldn't have. George beat guys that he should have never beat multiple times over and over. And that is a mindset. That's a fight IQ that is well-deserved within the coaching area of uh, MMA because you got all these guys that are coaches and you're like, have you fucking ever fought or you just taught boxing for a while and started a camp? You know what I mean? I have no idea because you want these guys with that type of experience. You know what the octagon's like. You know what those lights are like. You know what it means to fight a guy who's got a fucking name, who's got a belt. You know, Mike Brown was that guy, and that's why he's such a good goddamn coach. Uriah Faber was that guy. He's a great coach. You know what I mean? Was Dwayne Bang Ludwig ever that guy? No. <laughs> but is he have hella fight IQ? Absolutely, in one area. <laughs> Go ahead.
1: All right, Then uh, the main event. Um, right. Now, I did watch uh this fight um dude I thought per I thought, I thought Ferrer was gonna end up just piecing them up there had him mm. up against the cage started beating on him and then bam oh I,
0: I mean can we talk more about fight IQ that was just exactly what happened to finish the last fight and the thing that I realized watching the first time that they you know the when they when he took the belt from him when Fahera actually won, what I noticed was Izzy's defense against the fence was nothing. It was like a fucking high school fight. He was just putting his arms out, trying to push the guy away from him. You know what I mean? That's fucking, that's bad. That's bad. You got to Rich Franklin that shit up. Bring a leg up, fucking cover everything. pull <laughs> up, baby. Or do what you did and circle the fuck away. Because he was rocked in that moment and we all saw him rock. We noticed it. He didn't circle away. He tried to push away and continue to back. He's he's at the fence. You're going nowhere. So even yeah. if you create distance, all he's got to do is take a half a step forward and he's back in shooting range, right? And that's all it took. And essentially that's what he did in this fight, but he turned it on its head and he got him instead. Right? He drew him into a firefight. He thought that he was he was gonna start throwing these bombs because he's up against the fence, and it didn't work for him this time. Izzy knew Izzy played that very, very smart. And I dude. That's the thing I don't feel like he gets enough credit for. The dude is a missile. You know, he's got so many great weapons, but what his greatest weapon is his IQ. He saw what he did to in every time he's lost to this dude and he adjusted. He he was the he was the lion tamer in this match. He brought this fucking lion to him and put him to sleep. He I'm dude, when you watch the match, you can see him doing it the whole fight. Uh, up until it ends, he's baiting him. He's trying to get him to be active instead of fucking zombie, like lurch going across the octagon. <laughs> yeah. He's trying to get him to be active. And once he became active and he counted those shots, it was done. It was done for. It was done for. He's like, if I get up against this fence, as soon as I, cause he was like, when he was backing away, he was turning a corner and then decided to stay up against the cage. Cause you know, how the ca- it's octagon. So there's different corners there. Mm-hmm. He saw a corner turned and then stayed on the cage. Kind of ducked around and that one came he bro the way that came over the top, you're like, oh fuck. If if he if he's if his head's not made of stone, he's fucked up. (laughs) Because it was, dude, he the way Izzy tearing his whole body down and just came over, bang, right over the top of his head, over his hand, hit him behind the ear, and then another one came from the left hand from underneath. So he had plans of like I'm 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 lighting this dude up right here. Zing 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 through dude. Beautiful work. When I saw it, I almost messaged you. and I knew I was going to ruin it for you and be like, oh, fuck. Because I'm in here by myself sort of yelling at the TV like, oh, God, he did it. He fucking did it. He got him. He got him. Beautiful work, dude.
1: And now and it, all the times I complain of having trilogies and all that, this one's set up. I, I, what do you think? You think it should be a trilogy? Dana, Where well, they're kind of downplaying it like it's not going to happen right? right off the bat.
0: Yeah, well, uh, right off the bat, definitely not a good idea. But the money's there. It's a fight that people want to see. But I think Izzy will do it again. I don't think he he misses a a shot this time. I don't think it's there again. I think Fahera just he went to sleep, my guy. Yeah. Sleep. Yeah, well. like gone, gone, homie was snoring. Bro, he shot three arrows. Gagao, In the amount, dude, you know how long it takes to fake shooting arrows at a dude while he's sleeping. That's a long nap. <laughs> That's a long nap. <laughs> he didn't do that to Izzy. He didn't do that to him, right? In the octagon, at least. But this... He, bro, I don't see him doing it again. And this is all hand work. This is all Izzy throwing hands. Because what was Pojero doing most of the fight? Chopping that fucking leg. He kept chopping the leg. All they could talk about was him chopping Izzy's leg. And then... You know, when you're, when you're throwing a lot of kicks, there's going to be times, because he even walks around like this, like an action figure. Fejera, <laughs> yeah. his hands come on his side. There's, like, no boxing technique at all in his stance. <laughs> so you're like, if he keeps throwing this, this fucking leg kick, he's going to catch these right hands, you know, because you're going to put your hand down when you throw the kick. It's just natural, you're, unless you're fucking, because he barely ever put his hands up in the first place. Well, let's go, man. Let's go to this next card. Yeah,
1: I mean, he's not, we've never seen that happen to him in the U.S. And, dude, it would be one thing if
0: he just dropped him and put him on his back. He put him to sleep. Out cold. But
1: right. run,
0: run it back, but I think it ends the same way.
1: Let's go. This next event uh, is out in Kansas City, T-Mobile Center. Uh, all right, so it starts off women's bantamweight. Jocelyn Edwards, uh, Lucy Lava. All right, Jocelyn Edwards, 12-4, and four, five knockout wins, no knockouts in the UFC. Okay. This Puddy Lava this is her second stint in the UFC. She's 3 and 5, it's a total record. Uh she she's won 3 straight. She's coming off a, a TKO, TKO win in her last fight. I know her record is pretty shit, but uh I we've seen Edwards. Edwards uh how can I put it? She's like the boxing version of uh Michelle Waterson. She comes in there. She's looking like she's going to knock somebody out. She's got a bunch of power, and it rarely happens.
0: I think she's afraid to get hit. Because every time I've seen her fight, she's a one-two clinch up against the cage type of fighter. And then, yeah, she'll back off. She'll throw some more, but then it's always right back to the clinch. It's fucking boring. It's an easy way to win. Uh, I'd like to see her get some finishes, though. If we're going to yeah. pay attention.
1: I mean, and this fight, this is kind of a... Uh This is anybody goes really. This putty lava lady, she was in the UFC back, and I mean, she's got a loss over Liz Carmouche. I mean, that's so she's back, and uh, I mean, she wasn't that successful before, so but uh, all right, next, uh, Aaron Phillips, uh, Gaston Balanas. all right, Aaron Phillips 12 and 4, six knockouts, two sub wins. Uh, he was just choked out in his last fight, uh. to Jack Shore, all right, uh, Balamus, Balanus. Six, it's the same man. Six knockouts, two sub wins. Uh, all of his fights have been in Bellator. Every fight the man has had, so they don't have a picture of him. All in Bellator. Did they not have a picture of him? I don't mind. But in Bellator, he is known for his spinning attack, spinning back fist. Uh, he, he hasn't fought since April of last year. Um, this, this Aaron Phillips guy, he hasn't fought since July of 2020. So who knows what kind of shape he's going to be in. Uh, I was looking at his last five fights. Like four of them, they pulled out on him, and one of them he pulled out. So he's, he's having, you know, who knows this fight will even happen. But it seems like he has a hard time getting fights. So like I said, he hasn't fought since July of 2020. But uh, yeah, this this Gaston guy, you know, if he comes in from Bellator and he's throwing all these uh, spinning Moves and shit, I mean, he could, he could catch Phillips with a knockout. But, like I said, who knows how Phillips will be. He's, he's, uh, haven't seen him in so long. And this guy, every fucking fight he's had is in Bellator. Every fight.
0: Well, here's the thing that I have to sort of be a hypocrite about in a lot of ways. I'm sure I've said some things in the opposite. But I do believe that if you can make it into the UFC from Bellator... Without ever being in the UFC before, that's a good sign. Because in most cases, I don't think they're taking guys from Bellator. You have to be champion level. Because most, like the guys that start in Bellator, most likely couldn't have started in the UFC. Or they would have. Oh,
1: yeah. Especially this guy, because, you know, he. Like I said, I'm just—I'm kind of impressed. I'm very impressed by that. If you haven't figured out how many times I've said it, but to start his whole career just straight out in fucking Bellator—he's never that, fought in that, any that, other organization.
0: Well, it's TV, it's lights, it's big names, it's mm-hmm. decent money, it's it's MMA through and through, and yeah, that that's interesting. And he's got a crazy name that you can't pronounce, and usually that means that guy's tough,
1: <laughs> right? Or it could be anybody. <laughs>
0: I mean, if, if it's Rick Smith, there's a good chance. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, like... I might not
1: pronounce Aaron Phillips correct.
0: That's fair enough. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so he's a tough guy. Uh, all right, so the next fight, uh, a strawweight bout. Uh, Bruna Brazil versus Denise Gomes. So Brazil, she's got seven wins in a row. Gomes, uh, four knockout wins. She's coming off. Uh, lost to Look Boomy. Uh, she had won her previous six. Uh, this This brazil lady she's uh she was on that that uh contender series with she fought marnic man you remember that then they 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 talked up marnic man she was like the blonde headed chicken they talked her up they talked her up and this lady threw a head kick and fucking knocked her out
0: i think i remember this
1: so she was very impressive on the contender series
0: i don't know man i got nothing
1: (laughs) A lightweight belt uh See this this is all ESPN's fault. We cover every fucking fight. Who can say? They cover every fight on the card. Us. Because ESPN used to used to could just pick every one of these. But anyway, lightweight bout next. Uh Lando Veneta versus Daniel Zell, Zell Huber. Alright. Veneta 12 and 6, 12 6 and 2. He's 4 6 and 2 in the UFC. He's got a uh, Four knockouts, five submission wins. You know he has been submitted twice. He he's uh he's five nine, and thirty one years old. Where Daniel's only twenty three years old. You know you know they'll talk that up, but uh you know Daniel seven knockouts, two submission wins. He lost to Trey Ogden in his UFC debut. We'll see how he rebounds. But Veneta, he's just faced much better competition than this guy.
0: Absolutely, he's on the down. He's on the downturn though. He's the guy that they're like, hey man, you're not fucking beating the guys that we're putting you against. We need to see if you still got it. So I, I would almost imagine if Lando doesn't do something spectacular in this fight, he's probably on his way out again. I think they've already fucking fired him once.
1: <laughs> all right, next like straw weight bout. This, all right, so Jillian Robertson, she moves down the straw weight uh, against uh, Pierre Rodriguez. So Rodriguez is 9 and 0 she's just like straight up boxer from everything i've read about her five knockout wins so this is like classic uh boxer versus you know jillian's game plan is just going to try at all costs to take her down everything i got with her eight submission wins
0: yeah uh, and this is probably an easy win for jillian she's gonna if she can get her down it's over you know what i mean pretty clearly
1: all right light heavyweight bout zach cummings versus ed herman
0: why are you still here
1: Dude, I you thought know? he was retired. I mean, I was 42 years old. Jack, Jack Cummings, uh, Zach Cummings is 38 years old. Uh, Why?
0: Uh, is Ed Herman trying to break some sort of uh, UFC record?
1: I don't know, man. He lost to uh, Alonzo Minifield in his last fight, and that was in August of 2021. Um, you know, he has had won his, his previous uh, three before that, but the dude hardly fights anyway. His last finish that he's had, 2016 oh yeah so, so cummings this guy's got 12 submission wins man this guy's gonna be trying to come for his neck i guess he's also has been submitted twice uh he's won three of his last four and he hasn't fought since august of 2020 so what where, where they, they're they like all right guys who the hell hasn't fought the longest and they're no. sticking them on this card
0: but i'm oh, two light heavyweights let's do it Like, Ed Herman used to fight at, like, what, 170? Now he's fucking 205.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he did.
0: Crazy.
1: Yeah, I didn't even know the man was still around. Technically, I I guess he hasn't been around. No, you're right. But, uh, next flyweight bout. Now, I think this would be an interesting fight here. Brandon Roville versus, uh, Mateus Nicolau. So, Roville, he's got nine submission wins. Nicolau... You no know, five knockouts, five submission wins. He's been knocked out twice. Uh, he's got six wins in a row. He hasn't lost since two thousand eighteen. Both of these guys are coming off a win over Matt Snell. Matt Snell. <laughs> uh, both have fought good competition, but Royville has faced like the top tier competition. So this should be pretty interesting, I-, I think.
0: Yeah, I think the pressure does lie more on uh, Nicolau because Royville's been in there with some with some tough guys in this division. They both kind of have, but I think Royville has a... I just want to say he's a little more versed where I think uh, Nicolau's going to be uh, going for the grappling, right? The wrestling. i be trying to grab your head, put it between his legs and power bomb you or something. That would be cool to see, but these are little fellas.
1: So, the next featherweight belt, uh, Bill Algia versus TJ Brown. Alright, Algia, the guy... Uh he's sixteen and seven. Brown is seventeen and nine. Did these these aren't great records, but anyway, uh Algia, you no know, he's got six submission wins. Uh he's been submitted twice, four knockout wins. TJ Brown, four knockout wins, six uh ten submission wins. You know, he's been knocked out three times and submitted three times, this guy. But he has won three of his last four. Algiers is coming off a split decision loss to Ophelio in his last fight. Neither one of these guys is going anywhere. They don't need any of these guys.
0: Yeah, I think that's what this card's for. <laughs> Which guy's gonna actually come out and do something impressive? Because even you know, even having one victory added to the, either one of their records, it's not
1: <laughs> you know, <laughs> no. it Nothing definitely do not stand out, dude. This next fight, all right, lightweight belt, Clay Guida. Rafa Garcia. Guida, 41 years old, 5'7. Well, they're both 5'7. Rafa 28. It's time to pass the torch, man. It's time to pass the torch one over. Uh is that gonna happen? Is is Guida gonna get taken down and submitted? That that's what I see happening, man. I see uh a high level grappling here. Uh maybe Guida takes him down first. They fucking spins around. I can just picture them rolling around. I can see it right in front of me playing out. Them rolling around like a fucking helicopter on the ground in circles until Rafa grabs his neck and chokes him out.
0: Yeah, I uh, I just, yeah, I picture it too. But I also have this wonderful imagination that allows me to take this thing other places where I see, for some reason, <laughs> Clay Guida Just beating the hell out of this guy. I don't know, but I think it would be so funny to see Clay Guida continue to be successful in the division. (laughs) Just keep beating up everyone, dude. At at his age, at he's still one of the top guys. People love this guy. He's such a fun fighter to watch. His hair is disappointing now. It's hard to look (laughs) at that bald spot, but he he's just a. It's there's something more interesting about him doing well in his division than it is like Derek Brunson or (laughs) Bob. Green, you know what i mean like seeing clay guida go on a tear How do you, sleep you know what i mean it'd yeah, be fantastic yeah.
1: you're talking earlier about people that you know saved their money or whatever and i hope clay guida saved a ton yeah, of yeah. money this guy's been around so long you <laughs> know
0: who didn't save their money sam ed herman <laughs> yeah ed herman.
1: But guida it's just man he's always fun to watch i mean he's never his fights are always fun he's always moving around he's
0: uh he's a high cardio
1: He's got more submission losses than Garcia has submission wins. <laughs> He's been submitted eight, uh, 11 times. Garcia's he, got eight submission wins. Here's the thing that
0: I feel like he has that most of the guys his age don't have right now in their current fight you know, career. A knockout. Right? Like Clay Guido recently put somebody to sleep yeah. at his age. So that right there alone is like, I keep doing it. You know what I mean? Like knowing that it's still there because Bobby Green, it's all fancy and shit and Derek Brunson he will wrestle the fuck out of you. But Clay Guida's got the wrestling and he'll throw that hand at you. And I like that about him. He's a carpenter, bro. He's made of wood, I guess. Fun. Yeah. He's just a fun character. You, this is what we talk about with the storyline shit. It's like this is what the fundamentals of a, a storyline or a character is within this organization is it's guy like Clay Guida where it's like he didn't have to say two words. It was just the way he fought, yeah. the way he moved around. You start to love those
1: guys. Uh, Bantamweight next, Pedro Munoz, 19-7, and versus Chris Gutierrez. So, the thing with Munoz, he's never been finished, the guy. But, in his last six fights, he's won four, won no contests. So, he hasn't had a lot of success lately. But, uh, he has fought, like, you know, high caliber people. It was record real quick, you know. Uh, Dominic Cruz, Aldo, uh, Frankie Edgar, Aljamain Sterling, you know, so, but Gutierrez, nine knockout wins, one submission win. He's won his last four fights.
0: Sam, say this though. Out of those fights, how are they finished?
1: Which I'm losing most of them. <laughs> all right, let's, uh, and his not getting finished. All right, let's see here. Uh, Let's go to uh that O'Malley fight. It was a no contest. Cruz decision, 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 all decisions.
0: Okay, that's why he hasn't gotten a title shot. That's why people don't know him. Yep, that's why. And it's the UFC themselves is saying, "How do you sell a a championship fight? You're you're winning by decision, guy."
1: Yeah, well, he lost most of those. Oh my God, wait,
0: dude! Somebody tweeted this fucking talking MMA tweeted the other day on uh, obviously Twitter. That was a dumb fucking reason to add that. (laughs) And he said, "John Jones took off all that time to gain." To, to make the make heavyweight right
1: yeah that's stupid
0: and then he goes he's not going back to 205 and i was like that's not the only reason he took all that time off
1: yeah,
0: yeah. Man, what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> hey man all you got to do is google it why else wasn't he fighting, you dipshit yeah. <laughs> the fuck? like anybody in the world knows that that's wrong mm-hmm. he went, oh he, he took off he really focused on making sure he got the heavyweight properly yeah. over the years <laughs> no you motherfucker what he was already a giant fucking 205-er that probably walked around at 220, naturally. And you think that was hard for him? No, dude, it was a bunch of other shit. Have you, seen, yeah. have you ever watched court TV? Fucking dumb. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you even know who Ariel Hawani is? God, fucking.
1: <laughs> uh, it was, but, Tanner Boser versus Ion Kutalaba in the light heavyweight bout.
0: Why is he still around? Why is Kutalaba still around?
1: I'm going to tell you why he's around, because Michael Bisping... Is always talking that guy up. How many times you're gonna hear him with his English accent say, "I on Cutilaba"? The whole fucking fight, he's gonna be talking him up. But yeah, he's a uh, two-six and one in his last nine fights. Uh, he's been finished his last three. Uh, neither one of these guys is that great. Uh, Bozer's gonna come in probably swinging wild. So I mean, hell, there's a chance Cutilaba could even counter punch him and, and get him down to the ground. Who knows? But. <laughs> I
0: think you're confused on the which guy's the which guy. <laughs> Kutulaba is the wild swinger. Tanner Bozer is very, very, you know, precise with his strikes. He's he, the bulldozer, right. man. He's got the fucking
1: dumbest
0: hair, sec- third dumbest haircut in the UFC, but, you know, he was on a tear there for a second, actually putting guys away. He was one of those guys who would get a knockout and there would be no emotion. You know what I mean? It's like watching a seven-foot guy dunk. Like, yeah, he just does, he doesn't He does care at all. This <laughs> just so like an easy thing. That's, he, he's happy to be able to do that. He's going to go crazy when he makes a free throw. All right, um, basketball. You guys get it. Uh, I do like the matchup, though. Unfortunately, it is weird that Kutzalav is still around in my head because the guys that he's losing to are the top guys. So they're like, well, here's Tanner Bowser. Can you do anything with it? Bisbing loves you.
1: I think Bisping's got a thing for him. I don't know. But, uh, I'm light I'm heavyweight not. bout next, uh, Azamat, uh, Merzakhanov versus Dustin Jacoby. Uh, so yeah, uh, this Azamat guy's 12 and 0, nine knockout wins, one submission win. He's fresh off the contender series. He's been unstoppable. All right. This guy, I remember this guy now that I look, looking at him, he's the guy that, that, that come in. He's all like, um, You say they they talk about he weighed like 300 pounds and he did nothing but game and this and that. And this guy has looked fantastic. I mean, we haven't seen we really haven't haven't been able to judge him much because we haven't seen him long in there in the octagon. So but Dustin Jacoby, you know, he's got 11 knockout wins himself. He's nothing to sneeze at. And all his fights, he's always seems like a a really tough dude that's, that's in in every fight.
0: Yeah, he doesn't go away quickly. So if, if, uh, you know, Azamat throws a lot of shots that he doesn't hit him with, Jacoby's got a shot. But I don't know. This dude's very technical. I like his skill set. We haven't seen really, like you said, enough of him. But what he's got as far as the feet in comparison to Jacoby, I think he's got a a definite advantage. Should be an interesting matchup, though. This, you know, sort of early in Azamat's career because Jacoby's, he's right up there, man. He's a, like you said, he's tough as hell.
1: He's got one hell of a chin. Uh, Edson Barboza, uh, 37 years old, featherweight fight versus Billy Quarantilly. All right, so Barboza's lost his last two. Uh, uh eight knockout wins, five submission wins, 17 and four. And you're uh,
0: calling him Quarantilly, which I love because it's so disrespectful because there's not an I or a Y at the end. It's corn-tillo. Corn-tillo. <laughs> like, Oh yeah. Uh, I like your style nonetheless, Sam. I only man, correct you because this guy might actually <laughs> listen because he doesn't look like he has a life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. His name's Billy. I mean let's come on. Yeah, it's
1: Billy. We'll <laughs> just call him Billy. But uh I mean he beat Alexander Hernandez by knockout. Uh I think
0: this is a tough fight. I think this is a tough fight. This is a test for uh Quarantilla because it doesn't matter. I think Edson Barbosa, as far as like uh Edson Barbosa. I said Barbosa, like the fucking Phoenix point guard. Uh basketball again, guys. I know a lot of basketball. Maybe we'll do a podcast about basketball. <laughs> yeah, Anyways, we should Barbo- college
1: basketball at least.
0: This, this guy, Barboza, comes in in the best shape of anybody I've seen in the fight game. Nobody recognizes. They always talk about Paul Acosta's fucking figure, and you're like, look at Barboza. This dude is made of granite from top to bottom, okay? Always in shape, always makes weight, always fast as shit, dude. I don't think he'll uh, he'll ever lose a position on the ground or standing unless he absolutely makes a mistake. So Quarantilla has to be 100%. There, he can't fuck up. Because yeah, this guy yeah. throws the heaviest leg kicks. He's got the craziest spinning knockout kicks, spinning he- over and over, dude. Not once, yeah, multiple yeah, yeah. times. Great submissions. Barboza's very, very well-rounded. This oh. is the guy that when you think of what Brazilian fighters used to be, this is what they were. A Brazilian fighter came over, and you're like, he's fucking good everywhere, dude. Like, I can't. his chin's good, too.
1: I was just looking at his record. He has lost uh, seven of his last ten. And I'm just looking down at his record. He's got that win over G- Gilbert Melendez back in 2006. Gilbert Melendez was a tough motherfucking dude, man.
0: One of those guys that made you fucking like man. the Diaz squad. <laughs> this fucking guy, you just can't fucking beat him. Jake, <laughs> you know what I mean? It was Jake Shields, Gilbert Melendez, and fucking the Diaz brothers. You're like, oh god, Melendez. You couldn't. Nobody could fucking put him away.
1: They, they couldn't. My god, he was tough as shit back Hell in yeah. Strike Force.
0: All those guys were, which is annoying because Jake Shields is part of the fucking squad. All right, let's talk about this fucking main event. This is exciting. All right, this is a matchup long overdue because as I've talked about Arnold Allen throughout the times that he's been fighting since we started this podcast, he was one of those guys that was on like early UFC games undefeated and I'd never seen him fight. I'm like, why would they put him on the game if I've never seen him before? And then he comes back undefeated and he starts taking dudes' heads. And you're like, oh, and he's fucking... British or English or whatever the fuck it is. He's got a cool accent and a mustache that makes sense. You know what I mean? A haircut that makes sense, right? Looks like he probably plays in the ska band on the weekends. My point is, is he's fighting Max Holloway. But this is not Max Holloway at his prime. This is not Max Holloway at his greatest ever. It's not even him at his championship peak, okay? This is still Max Holloway, though. And this is a huge test for Arnold. Arnold. Can he get past him? Can he do anything? If he can, dude, we got a challenger. Sky's the
1: limit. Sky's the limit if he
0: can. hell yeah! And I feel like Arnold is—he's dude—he's also rock solid, dude. Constantly in great shape, throws heavy fucking kicks, heavy punches, and he's very technical. He rarely gets hit. Max Holloway puts it on you though. He puts—he puts in that fucking work, dude. <laughs> so I like the matchup. It's very fun.
1: Arnold's won his last twelve fights, man. He's—he's he's only lost one fight. That was a decision back in two thousand fourteen. So this guy, he hasn't seen defeat in a long time. but uh, He's
0: also not finishing guys super quick in a lot of his matches, right? It's not yeah, knockout, right. knockout, knockout. He's going in there and fighting. He's, Max Holloway is going in there and fighting. He's this got be uh, fight.
1: eight decision wins. He's got a decision win over Gilbert Melendez. <laughs> Shout out to him again. No, no but, kidding. uh Yeah, man, uh, Eddie Arnold, he's earned a spot here. I mean, he's, he's beaten Melendez, Nick Lentz. Dan Hooker, Calvin, K. man, this guy has been, wow. You know, he's, and then he's like working. you say, Holloway, Holloway's got the cardio. He's coming at you. He's pressuring you for, for five rounds. He's going to be pressuring this guy. So
0: what can he do? That's what, this is the, this is a guy like Max Holloway is one of those guys that you're going to see stay in a very, very uh prime position because a lot of guys that should be going to the top of this division should have to face him. If you want to try to get that belt, come at me, dog. I'm the guy. You gotta beat me because I'm putting in work on you. Nate, Nate Diaz, all the shit talk we can about him just for the sake of the, you know everybody else riding his dick. The cardio and the endurance that this guy does have, the toughness that he does have, a lot of fighters that also have that are some of the greatest ones to watch. Max Holloway being one of them.
1: Yeah, Max Holloway has never been knocked out.
0: I mean, look his whole career. Look, look, look who Leon Edwards beat before he ended up getting a title shot. Nate Diaz, who doesn't even have a great record. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, he had to go through Nate Diaz at a certain point to say, hey, I am that good. That's the same thing with Max Holloway. He still does have a chance to be a a champion. And if he comes in and he he performs well against Arnold Allen, we could see him, you know, running the division again. What is he, top three still? He's never dropped out of the top five?
1: He's uh, got to be up there. But, uh, yeah, man, I mean, this this is a – yeah, he's he's ranked two. Arnold's ranked four.
0: And And – how long has holloway not been champion you know what i mean he stays right there like that's the guy good luck yeah, because yeah. even the guy who's got the belt is like i really don't want to have to fight him again <laughs> yeah. anybody fight him again cuz it's just so goddamn long <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. like it's it's one thing to be in a fight you, it's one thing to fight
1: you're taking you like know? a record uh, you know uh, almost taking a record amount of strikes every time you're in there with that guy <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's not a money fight per se, but it's, it's always like,
1: seem like every time he's in there, oh, he's a record. He just set the record for an amount of significant strikes in a five round <laughs> contest or whatever. That's what it seems like.
0: So Conor McGregor is the money fight. Max Holloway is the hospital bill fight.
1: Yeah, well, I'll tell you, it you know that would be great if, if Holloway did pull this off and then McGregor came back and that would set up a good rematch from 2013.
0: My, per- respectable storyline because what is Holloway going to talk shit? You know what I mean? They'll get Jason Momoa to have the belt or something. I don't know, Hawaii.
1: Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, uh, and Holloway—he's—he loves that game too. He's probably been playing, uh, beating up on Arnold Allen for a while now.
0: Well, the thing that you see in his actual fights is—is yeah. is he's made of stone, man. You know, I haven't seen him get wobbled. But the thing about Holloway is he's going to keep putting it on you. So it Always could just be coming. too much and you get caught up against the fence and the ref stops the shit, you know, because you're taking 30 fucking punches to the body and the neck and he's just hit you in the elbow twice. Like, the fuck, man? Guy doesn't miss. But, guys, show notes. Rate, I... uh, review. Shout-out to Sam's brother. Shout-out to <laughs> Mike Mike Jackson. What's his name? Howard? I think it's Howard. I believe it is Howard. Henry. William it's Anthony
1: honest. Henry Jackson, something like that. Henry, yeah, Henry.
0: Uh, yeah. It's Dork Jackson. Um yeah. Who else? I don't know. You guys are great. That's it. I'm done.